Today we're previewing every game on the schedule for Colorado and second-year head coach, technically third, Carl Durrell. Might be a rough year for the Buffs. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Thank you to everybody out there who has done so already. If you have not been watching the last few episodes of the show, a reminder for those of you who are uh, just tuning in here. I am, as you are listening to this, on vacation, so I've recorded this well ahead of time, but it's scheduled previews, so nothing really changes, but if there's a piece of news that you want to uh, ask me about or maybe get an answer on, hit me up on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore PAC 12, slide right into the DMs. I won't be monitoring YouTube comments as closely, so if you hop in there and ask me something, might get to it, might not, but uh, you, you can certainly get in there and ask me a question in the direct messages. But today we're looking at Colorado's schedule. I do not have high hopes for the Buffs this year. I don't know if Colorado fans have high hopes for the Buffs this year. I just don't see how they can have a really good season. Coming into this year, 2022, their over-under win total, according to our friends at Bet Online, proud sponsor here at the Locked On Podcast Network, is three and a half. Now, and I'm always amazed that sports books are so good at betting these numbers because what was Colorado's over-under win total in 2021? Four and a half. They won four games. It's pretty amazing how that works. Anyway, they think Colorado is worse than they were a season ago or at least going into the season, I tend to agree because you have the potential development of Brendan Lewis at quarterback for sure. That could be a a help to the Buffs this season, and they were pretty bad offensively in 2021. But they had some key departures as well. They lost Jarek Broussard. I believe Alex Fontenot, the running back, is back, which is nice. But you lose Brendan Rice, the wide receiver. You lose Christian Gonzalez on the defensive side of the ball. You've got a defensive head coach, so you have to replace a guy who was all Pac-12 honorable mention in uh, in 2021. There's just not a lot that feels great right now surrounding the Colorado football program. And I think that their 2022 season could be pretty tough. And the worst part about it, maybe not the worst, but a part that makes it all worse for Colorado this year is their schedule is far from a cupcake. I was talking about UCLA a couple days ago and how their schedule is very favorable. Their non-conference schedule, the Bruins that is, better be 3-0 and for Chip Kelly. Anything other than three convincing wins, you got like South Alabama, Alabama State, and Bowling Green. Not in that order. That better be three wins. Colorado's non-conference schedule, meanwhile, it is not a great year for them. It is, it is really not a great year for them. And I think that over-under win total of three and a half is a reflection both of the early season games that they have to play before Pac-12 play begins and also just the overall status of the roster and where the program feels like it is at right now. I would love to be proven wrong. I, I never want a team 
in the Pac-12 to to be as bad as I think Colorado could be this year, like Arizona was a season ago and had been for the last couple of years, that's not fun, right? Uh, it's it's not fun for the fans. It's not fun to to play teams that are just not competitive. Like it's just not not what we're shooting for here on on a conference level. But we have to just deal with realities and how uh, these things tend to play out. So let's get into the games. They start on a Friday before everybody plays uh, their week one games on Saturday. Colorado will have a chance. I believe the game's on ESPN against TCU, and they are at home. Now, the Horn Frogs a season ago were 5-7. and seven. They were 3-6 and six in the Big 12. Uh, their best win was against uh, 12th-ranked Baylor. They beat them at home. And they were just 1-4 and four on the road. Their only win coming against Texas Tech in Lubbock, which is a pretty solid road win, but they were not a great road team. So a team that was under 500 in the Big 12 last year comes to Boulder. This game is at home for Colorado, much like Texas A&M was a season ago, and that was very nearly a huge, huge win for the Buffs. But instead, it was a 10-7 loss in what was a very interesting game. Colorado is playing TCU in Week 1. And a team that was under 500 struggled on the road last year. And the Horned Frogs are favored by eight on Colorado's home field. That's not a great sign. Um, I think TCU's probably going to win this game. But here, here's the opportunity that's there for Colorado. Number one, prove me wrong. Who doesn't want to do that? I'm sure there are many of you out there who would love to see me be wrong on every single one of these games. That's okay. Uh, I'm not going to get them all right, but I'm trying to get as many right as I can. Um, I think TCU overall is a better, is a better team. I don't think it's by a lot. I think of their three non-conference games that precede PAC 12 play, this is actually the most winnable for Colorado. And uh, this would not be a monumental upset, but it would be a bit of a surprise. And I think the reason it's such an important game is when you have a sense as a program that things are not quite where they need to be, you've even heard the coaches talk about that. Their offensive coordinator was saying how, you know, they reminded him of a Stanford team he was a part of back in 2008, 2009. They were really bad, but they were a couple of years away from being good. So even the coaching staff is acknowledging this is not where, you know, we, we hope to get in terms of the, the, the peak uh, as a program with us in charge as coaches. So when you have that, and you're coming in to play a game against TCU, which is obviously a power five opponent, like winning this game would completely change the tone and tenor of the season. Any win in the non-conference slate, I think would give Colorado a really good amount of hope here. But I'm, I, I just can't in good faith. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I can't with any confidence pick the buffs to win any of these games. I would love for them to win one of these games because it could do a ton for them confidence wise in that locker room and on that coaching staff, but I don't see it happening. And they're not conference slate is TCU at home. Then they go at air force and then they go at Minnesota. That's one of the tougher not conference schedules you are going to find in the PAC 12. I mean, Utah plays at Florida, Oregon plays at Georgia, Washington has Michigan State at home. Like, there are some other tough games out there, and we've talked about them here on the show, and I can't wait to watch them, and we're getting ever closer to college football, especially as you listen to this. We're just a couple weeks away. 
But man, that's a pretty brutal non-conference schedule. And, and on the one hand, I respect that the Buffs are willing to step up to the plate and, and take on some legitimate opponents here. But this is not the season to have TCU at Air Force and at Minnesota as your non-conference slate. It's just not where you want to be. This is the season, however, to check out Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right. Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, the flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. I've got these bars in all sorts of flavors loaded up in my golf bag so that I can keep myself going. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all delicious. Amazing combination of words there. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So I, I think they lose to TCU and then at Air Force. And you might say, oh, Air Force, that's a Mountain West school. That's a 10-win team in the Mountain West. They beat Louisville in a bowl game last year. Colorado on the road, I, I, I don't like it. I haven't done a full dive about or a full deep dive on how much Air Force's roster has changed. But if you're talking about it just from a program momentum standpoint, I like Air Force in that game, and it's on the road. And then next week, this is the least likely of the three. Uh, Minnesota kind of started slow last year. They ended up being a nine-win team with P.J. Fleck. Row the boat. Row the boat. Um, and this one is on the road. This is going to be a loss. It was a 30 to nothing shutout in Boulder last year. This is not a game that Colorado is going to be able to, to flip the script on. So if they're going to pick up a non-conference win, which I would really love for them to do, I think TCU is their best shot. I don't think Air Force is impossible, but I think TCU is definitely like you're you're at home. That's the one non-conference game you have at home. It's week one, and boy, if you beat TCU, the the odds that you were able to go out and maybe sneak a win against Air Force increase dramatically. And if Colorado goes two and one in those games, I will come on here and I will take a big giant L, Smash Mouth style, right on the forehead because that will be a, a completely unexpected hap- turn of events if uh, if Colorado comes out, starts 2-0, and beats TCU and Air Force, and then loses to Minnesota. So I think they start 0-3. Then they come in on September 24th. Their first uh, Pac-12 game is at home, which is good, but it's against UCLA, who should have an offense that will be rolling because of their pretty weak non-conference schedule. And I, I just I just don't think the Buffs are in a place where they can score as many points as UCLA is going to in this game in like a, a shootout sense. Um, I, I think the Bruins, at the very least, are going to put up 25, 30 points on on the Buffs defense. And I just don't see Colorado being able to, to keep pace there. So I, I think Colorado starts 0-4, which is not a great place to be. Again, I, I hope I'm wrong on all this stuff, but... It's just hard for me to look at these games and, and pick a whole lot of wins. And I'm not going to be picking a whole lot of wins. Then they move into the stretch, Colorado does, where you have winnable games. You have winnable. There's there's not a single game on this schedule where I look at the opponent and I say, oh yeah, Colorado, that's a win. right? They don't have an FCS opponent this year. A season ago, they had Northern Colorado. That's one where I could look at it and go, well, at least the fans will go home happy and uh, they'll, they'll get to see a win. 
No games like that this year. Literally zero, which is very strange. I, I'm not entirely sure how that came to fruition, but that's the way it is. And Colorado is going to have to deal with that this year. October 1st, they go at Arizona. Now, these next couple of predictions are going to sound a little bit crazy, but I think I'm uh, I'm on the right track here. Obviously, we'll find out. Maybe I'll be wrong. But October 1st, they go at Arizona. Now, in Boulder last year, against an Arizona team that had won, that had lost 17 straight coming in, they made it 18 straight when Colorado blanked them 34 to nothing at home. This year, I think this is going to be a completely different game. It's going to be in Tucson, and Arizona has made some nice additions in the transfer portal, where Colorado has been hit hard by the transfer portal in, in some sense. Not like a total gutting of the roster, but they've lost some really important players from a season ago, most notably Brandon Rice, uh, Christian Gonzalez, and then Blackman, the DB, went down to USC as well, along with uh, Rice, the wide receiver. But this game is in Tucson, and Jaden Delora is there at Arizona, who have added some nice pieces in the transfer portal. Their defense has been getting a little bit better with their new defensive coordinator, uh, Nanzen, I believe is his last name. And Delora's going to have better weapons. So you had a quarterback situation against Arizona last year when this game was played between Arizona and Colorado where, you know, Lewis was really solid in the game. He went for, I think, 248 and two touchdowns. And, you know, was it was one of his better performances against a conference opponent in his freshman year. But there was a quarterback gap because Arizona had a revolving door. They had some injuries. It, it was just not a great situation. And they were just looking for a win anywhere. They were way, way down. But I think Arizona is still very early in the ascension process. But I'd say relative to uh, some other schools, they're, they're trending up. But they're not at a place where they're going to win a number of games yet. And, of course, in, in coming episodes, I'll get to Arizona's schedule and uh, run through it all here on the show, as I'm doing with every school. I think Arizona is going to win this game. And I, I say that because of the impact that guys like T-Mac, the freshman wide receiver, Jacob Cowing, who uh, projects to be a high-impact player coming over from UTSA, the Roadrunners, meet me. And uh, Jaden Delora is going to be the biggest impact player there for, for Arizona, who changes the narrative on this game from a season ago. And I think the Buffs are going to have the script uh, flipped on them in a sense. I don't think they get blown out, but I think Arizona at home is going to find a way to win that game and send Colorado to to an 0 and 5 start to their season. Then comes a much needed buy, because if you've dropped five straight, like I suspect Colorado will, you need a buy, you need a break, and you need to come back home against a beatable opponent, and they're going to have that in Cal. I'm not very high in the Bears this year either. I do love what they do defensively year in and year out, but the Jack Plummer addition, I'm not super high on at the quarterback position. So you have that game on October 15th. I think that's where Colorado gets their first win of the year. And I actually think it's going to be their only win of the year. I think Colorado is this year's Arizona. I mean, the Wildcats were 1-11 a season ago. Their only win came against Cal. I think Colorado is going to do uh, basically the same thing this season. But last year's game in Berkeley was 26-3. to Colorado struggled to move the ball. They were on the road. Cal's defense, you know, around that time, it started to kind of turn things around. Their offense was uh, doing just enough. Like, they started really slow, but then picked it up as the second half of the season went on. That was kind of the beginning of that time for, for the Bears and Justin Wilcox. 
But I think the Buffs are going to do to the Bears in that game what the Wildcats will have done to them a couple weeks prior, and that is win a game against a team who blew you out a season ago. And I, I think that that is going to get them a win, but I think it's going to be their only win, and so they'll be 1-5. in five. Next week, they go at Oregon State. This is still kind of the part of the winnable schedule. Like, if I'm wrong on a number of these games, this is the stretch where Colorado will be able to pick up, you know, a, a couple wins rather than just one, right? Arizona, Cal, at Oregon State, and then at home against ASU. That That is a stretch there where if the Buffs are going to have any sort of positive momentum by the time the season ends or anything to kind of cling to to feel good about – it's going to be during this stretch. I don't think it's going to come during the non-conference slate. I don't think they'll beat UCLA. But the beginning of that conference slate after they play the Bruins is very, very manageable. And then it gets uh, much, much tougher in the second half, which we'll get to here in uh, in just a moment. That game against Oregon State, they beat them. Colorado beat the Beavs a season ago at home in two overtimes. It's a game that Oregon State definitely feels they should have won. And I don't see Colorado going on the road to make it two years in a row. I I feel better about where Oregon State is as a program right now than than Colorado. I think the Beavs will have the better quarterback in this game. I think they've got the better head coach in this game. They'll be at home. So I I think the Beavs will be able to, to get that done. Next week, they come back home against Arizona State. Now, this is a winnable game. This, this, no, make no mistake, this is a winnable game because I'm not very high in the Sun Devils this season either. They have been absolutely obliterated by the portal. They've brought in a lot of players, but they lost a lot of players as well, notably Jermaine Lole, the defensive lineman who was going to be an all-pack 12 caliber performer, Jaden Daniels, a quarterback who's been their starter and has been uh, quite good for the last couple of years. He left to go to LSU, where he's not even guaranteed to be the starter, but everybody makes their own decisions. This is a game I could definitely see Colorado pulling out because they are at home. But I just don't I, I just don't have the feel right now. Maybe I will change my mind after watching Colorado play for a month. Maybe I say, eh, you know, I think they're looking a little bit better. But right now, I'd pick Arizona State to win this game. I don't love Herm Edwards as a coach. He's been fine at Arizona State. He's underperformed a little bit, not not a lot, but a little bit. Um, but if you're talking about game management, I like Edwards more than Carl Durrell at this point in time. That's not saying a lot, but it, it's something. And, and I think that's a game ASU will will be able to win. Uh, they've got Emory Jones, the Florida transfer, coming in at quarterback, and they still have some talent on the roster, though not not a lot. Um, but that that's a game between going to be a game I think between two teams who are having some pretty um, some pretty difficult seasons. Back-to-back weeks at home, I think it's going to be back-to-back losses for the Buffs in their home stadium there in uh, in Boulder because they have Oregon coming in next week. I think there's just too big of a talent gap there, and it was uh, not a particularly close game at Otson last year. I don't expect this one to be super competitive. Um, we don't know what Dan Lanning and Bo Nix are going to be able to do respectively on, on a new team. But even if they're, you know, towards the lower end of our expectations, I think that just top to bottom, 
Oregon's just going to have better players there because they've been recruiting at such a high level. And, and I think that's tough for Colorado to, to keep up. So I think they lose that game. I think they go to one and eight next week, another talent gap situation, uh, exemplified or exaggerated, I should say by the transfer portal because they play at USC on the road, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams at that point will, you know, uh, have worked out all the, all the kinks, all the jitters and everything, from you know the the reality of going into a new situation like that's just too late in the year I think USC will uh, just be able to score too many points I think that's going to drop Colorado to one and nine next week their last winnable game in the second half of the conference schedule right their first five UCLA Arizona Cal Oregon State ASU I think you've got four teams that you can beat there um, you know at least on on paper you look at it and say okay yeah I could see them winning that game I don't predict they're going to win, but if Colorado beats Arizona or Oregon State or ASU, I'm not going to be monumentally shocked and consider it some huge dramatic upset there because those are winnable games. But then the last four of the uh, of the conference slate, Oregon, USC, don't feel very winnable for the Buffs. And then they go at Washington. That's the only one where I could see them picking up a win before they come back home against Utah. Uh, this was a 20 to 17 close win last year uh, against the Huskies, who themselves I think are in a little bit of a rebuild from a roster standpoint, and they're incorporating a new coach, and they've got quarterback questions. I, I again, I won't be shocked if Colorado wins here, but I, I think this is just a situation where you have two programs in uh, a somewhat similar state. Uh, Washington lost a, a couple of key guys to the NFL, Gordon and uh, McDuffie, the the DBs, but. I think the Huskies, because they're at home, I'll, I'll take Washington here. If Colorado was at home, I, I might take them to win this game. But I, I think that, you know, especially earlier, if it was earlier in the season, like if, if the first conference game of the year for Colorado was at home against Washington and then they had UCLA here, I think you would have better outcomes, right? Even if they both ended up being losses, I think you'd have better outcomes there. But uh, you don't. So at Washington, I think Colorado is uh, is going to lose, and then they will end with uh, with Utah at home, who I think are going to repeat as Pac-12 champs. And I, I think that game will just be all Utes. That they'll win every facet of the game. It's just a, a better overall football team right now. And for those of you counting at home, yeah, I, I think the Buffs are going to go one and eleven this year. Um, one and eight in conference play with that lone win coming at home against Cal. I think they'll be last in the Pac-12 South. Uh, depending on how Arizona does, I, I think the Wildcats will win at least one conference game, obviously, against Colorado. I think they'll be able to find two. So I, I think the Buffs could be the last place team in, in the Pac-12 this year. I just don't feel good about where they're at with what's happened to their roster and what they were a season ago. Uh, I mean, they, they had some promise after the shortened season. They went 4-1 and one and then lost the Alamo Bowl, so it was 4-2, and two, and you feel pretty good about that. But then you play... Uh, six more games in a season and you have the same number of wins as in 2020, that just seems like things are, are, are trending down. And look, I, I'd love to be proven wrong. I don't want Colorado to be bad, but when I just look at everything that, that's playing into how this season might play out for him, I, I think it could be, I think it could be pretty, pretty rough for the buffs this year. Doesn't mean they can't be, you know, back to a respectable place in a year or two, but I think they need to get a couple of recruiting classes in there. Their 2023 class has uh, got some nice pieces. They've got a high volume of players as well. I think that's kind of what they need is uh, a roster shakedown, but they also need to, 
you know, be able to keep those players and, and prevent guys from transferring to other schools like Brendan Rice and Blackman to USC or Christian Gonzalez to Oregon or Jarek Broussard to Michigan State. And that's a tough thing to do. And I think it'll only get tougher if they have this sort of season that I, I think they might. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.